I'm pulling out of the parking lot. You know what that means. It's time for drive from work. So this is the only third time I've ever done this. Uh, so with me is Melissa DeTora. Hey, everyone. And we're doing part two of our first podcast. So if you haven't listened yet, go listen to part one. We're going to assume you listen to part one. Um, we're not going to, we're not going easy on you to assume that you, we're not going to fill it in. Go listen to part one. And we're talking all about first, first with magic. So we left off. Where did we leave off, Melissa? We le- left off with what was the first card you traded for. So okay. in part one, I already <laughs> said the card that I traded for. Yes. So I have a pretty crazy story. So I don't hundred percent know this is the first thing I traded for. But I don't remember my early trading. This is the only story I remember from my early trading. So, and I wasn't a big trader. So, this is the story I'm going to tell. So, I'm not sure it was my first trade, but it was an early trade. So, I got into Magic, but I, didn't, I really didn't have anyone to play with because there were there wasn't a lot of Magic tournaments or anything yet. This didn't exist. And so, I saw an advertisement for a Magic, I don't know, convention or something. And I was all excited because I, I, I didn't know any Magic players. And so, I go... And there was this, like, hotel, and I think, like, 30 people showed up. It's just this tiny, you know, I was expecting, like, oh, like a game convention. I've been to a lot of game conventions. Um, but nonetheless, there were people, there were Magic. So we were playing Magic, and I was excited. Even with just 30 people, it was very exciting for me. Um, but anyway, there was somebody there who was a Magic collector. Not a player, but a collector. And this is right after, I think, Beta came out. And so they were trying to get a full set of Beta. And I had three of the four cards they did not have. I had a Volcanic Island, which was not in Alpha. I had a Mana Short, and I had a Balance. And they did not have... That was three of the four cards they needed. So they wanted to trade with me. And I wasn't really interested in trading. I really was there to play. I didn't... You know, I, I did some trading, but I wasn't, I wasn't there to trade. Because I knew that I could, I could trade other times, other places. But only here could I play more Magic with people. I was very excited to play. Um, and so at first I said, you know, I'm not interested in trading. And so they went around the room. But eventually they came back to me. There's only 30 people in the whole thing. And they're like, okay, you, you had the cards we need. Nobody else does. Um, so the first thing I said, I'm not trading balance. I, I, even then I could recognize that this card was, was good. And I'm like, I'm not trading balance. I'm keeping balance. Um, but I said, okay, may, maybe I'm willing to trade the Volcanic Island and the Mana Short. And so they offered me some stuff. And I'm like, eh, nah, I guess I'll just keep, I'll just keep my cards. Um, and they're like, no, no, no. And so they kept offering me more cards. And I really wasn't that interested in trading. Uh, and so I, I, I kept declining it. And so they kept throwing more cards on because they really wanted to trade with me. Um, and because I honestly didn't care, I wasn't I wasn't trying to goad them into putting more cards. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. And so they just kept throwing more cards on. And eventually there were so many cards. I think for my two cards, I got 18 cards all of which were rares, or all of which were... I mean, I guess we didn't know they were rare, but we could sense they were... We had a sense of what the rares were, even though there was no rarity back then. You couldn't tell the rarity. Um, among the cards I got, I, I don't have the list of all 18 cards, but I know I got a Time Walk and a Time Twifter. Um, it was just all these crazy cards from my two cards that... I'm not the Volcanic Island, I guess anything sees that these days, but... Uh, um, Anyway, it was, it was an 18 for 2 trade, including multiple uh, numbers of the Power 9, which once again didn't weren't at the time called that. But yeah. um, but I, I realized that I was, I was telling the story in the pit today, because we were talking about this podcast. Um, I realized that's not the craziest trade I've ever made. The craziest trade I ever made was I traded four um, Star Trek The Next Generation rares, all of, like, you know, Crusher and Data. I think they're 
actual named characters from Star Trek. I traded four rare uh, Star Trek Next Generation trading cards for a beta starter deck. Wow. <laughs> so when was this? Was this long, one? long time ago. Uh, okay. I mean, I mean when, the, when the Star Trek trading card game first came out, I, I collected it. And I had a, I had a roommate. Hold on one second here. Uh, I had a roommate who um, had a girlfriend who I sold some cards to to try to get him into magic. And she decided she didn't want to play magic. In fact, never opened up the product. She had a, a, a starter. And she had never opened it up. And so I went back to try to buy it back from her, and she didn't want to sell back to me. And so I, I offered her double, and I, I offered her triple, and I, like, I kept upping, and she just wouldn't sell it to me. And so at one point, I got into I was collecting Star, uh, Star Trek, and she, she started playing Star Trek for some reason. And so I made the trade, and I got, the, got my beta starter. So Nice. Anyway. Okay, what's, okay. One, what's, what's our next one? Our next one is the first time you played Magic with other people. So, the first time that I played Magic with other people was actually the first time I played Magic. And if you listen to part one, the story may seem a little bit familiar because I talked about it in part one, but the first time I played Magic was, I was about 16 years old, and uh, some friends from high school, including my high school boyfriend, they said, oh, you'd really like this game Magic, you should really play. And I didn't really have any interest in playing, so... Well, we, but tell new stuff, because they, they, they have to listen to part one to listen to part oh, okay. two. okay, you guys listen to part Assume one. Assume they listen to part one. We're not going to repeat the story. Do you have new new parts of the story? Uh, yeah, think? yeah, I have new parts of the story, yes. So, I learned how to play Magic. I thought the game was super cool. We played a four-person multiplayer game, a free-for-all game. I don't remember what deck I played, but I kept losing, and the card that I kept losing to was Feast of the Unicorn. That's a... Oh, I remember Feast of the Unicorn. Plus four, plus card. O? Yeah, yeah, so it's a Homelands card, right? Yeah, or, Homelands card. Okay, so it's three and a black enchantment aura, and it gives a target creature plus four, plus zero. Not the strongest card, but maybe he had it on a flyer or something, and I just I just kept dying to it. I was like, what's the thing that's killing me? And it was just this unicorn with, like, I guess it has an apple in its head or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, they're eating it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so this card just, like, stuck out in my mind when I first started playing it being a very strong card. It's not that strong of a card. So that's my story. Uh, so that's the first time I played. I mean, obviously, at the convention where I picked up the cards, I talked about how I, I got taught by somebody. Um, the interesting thing, actually, one of my favorite stories is, so I was working at the Gamekeeper, and so once I got into Magic, I convinced the game store to start selling Magic. And then what I would do is I would demo... Um, when people would come in, I had a starter deck, and I would demo the game. And what I started doing is I let people trade with my demo deck as long as they traded one for one. And I had a rough idea of rarity, so they had to match rarity, and they couldn't give me a card I already had. But I let people trade out of it. And so one of the people that I became friendly with who kept coming in and trading with me was a guy named Henry Stern, who I became very good friends with, who had ended up working at Wizards for a long time. So um, Henry was one of my earliest Magic-playing friends. Um, so I'll... I'll I don't, I don't remember exactly who the first person I played with, but Henry's one of the earliest people I played with. Okay, next okay. question. Next. First time meeting Richard Garfield. Oh, the Richard... Okay, okay. so go ahead. What, okay. what is your meeting Richard Garfield story? Okay, so first, I just want to say that back then, there weren't really magic celebrities. Like, these days, pro players are considered magic celebrities. You know, they produce content, like they make videos. Usually, you see them at events, and you ask them to sign your playmat or your favorite cards that they like to play. But back then, that wasn't really a thing. So I wouldn't really say there were magic celebrities. But Richard Garfield was a magic celebrity. So meeting him was super cool. 
So anyway, um, I went to uh, Worlds as a spectator. Um, it was Worlds in Toronto, 2001. Oh, and Tom Van der one, right? Yeah. Yep, you're right. Um, and I just went because, like, some friends were going, and I wanted to, uh, like, see people that I haven't seen, um, in a while, you know, so, so I flew out to this event, uh, like, mostly just to play Magic, and I knew, I found out that Richard Garfield was going to be there, and he could sign cards, and I was like, well, this is the coolest thing ever, so I waited in line, I had my four arena promo counter spells, and I... I met him, like, I, I told him that, you know, like, I love magic, and he's super cool, and it's really an honor to meet him, and he signed my cards, he didn't really, like, you know, seem like he cared or anything, but he signed my cards, he, uh, he wrote, uh, like, so the arena counterspell has, like, this guy on it, and he made him be, like, he made him say no, so that was really cool, and he, like, drew little, like, little designs on them, so I still have those cards, actually. I should find them and start playing counterspell. Yeah, there was a little... At the time, there's this rumor that if Richard altered your card, that it was just legal. You could play it. Yeah. Uh, and he yeah. had changed my Shivan Dragon into a Shivan Dragon yo-yoing, yo-yoing Shivan Dragon of Doom. And he, he, he put it like, like the Shivan Dragon has his hand up and he made a little yo-yo on it. And he changed the text. I'm trying to remember what the text did. But it allowed you to, like, do one damage to things or something. But uh, I have to, I got to figure out where that is. I have that somewhere. Okay. Is that all your story? Do you have more that, that, story? that is my story. Okay, so my story is... So, at this point, um, in the, I, I went up to San Francisco. There's a thing called Manifest they used to have, which was a convention for trading card games. And not just Magic, but Magic was obviously the, the, biggest, the biggest thing there. Um, and so I went up to San Francisco. Now, at the time, I was doing the puzzles for the Duelist. So I was, I was a writer for the Duelist, and I was doing the puzzles. And so um, I... I had never met Richard, but I knew of him. I mean, I, I knew, I knew that he knew of me because um, we had throughout second parties interacted. Although never, I never actually ever met him or talked to him. Um, so I went into Manifest and, like, in the lobby or something, I ran into Richard. I was really excited because I, 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 well, I was freelancing for Wizards. I wasn't working for Wizards yet, and I, I obviously knew Richard. I mean, you know, I knew of Richard, and I was quite excited. Um, and Richard knew who I was because of the puzzles, because he really liked the puzzles. And so I had, like, an in to talk with him. And then he invited me up to his room. He said a bunch of people were playing games. Would I like to come play games you know, up in his room with, with other people? And I was like, uh, yes, yes, I would. And so uh, my very first interaction with Richard was playing games in his room. I think RoboRow is the first game I ever played with Richard. Um, and I was not very good at it at first, and they were very good. Uh, but I had a blast playing it, so... Anyway, that's my first meeting of Richard Garfield. Sweet. Okay, okay, next question. First tournament. First tournament. Okay, so my first tournament, it was back in, like, maybe 98 or 99 or something. Um, all I had done was play casual, and um, so I played D&D in high school, and the group that I played D&D with, like, uh, I found out that they also played Magic, and I was like, oh, cool, I also play Magic. And they're like, oh, we play in tournaments. And I said, wow, there are magic tournaments? This is the best news ever. I had no idea there were magic tournaments. So um, one of the friends uh, who I played D&D with um, was running a magic tournament at a comic book shop. Um, and it was, uh, so he like, invited me to go. So it was a single elimination tournament, free entry, standard. And standard at the time was Tempest and Urza Saga. 
and first place of the tournament. What, what was it called at the time? Oh, okay, sure. So it wasn't called standard at the time. It was called type two. We had type one, which was uh, now vintage. We had type two, which is standard. Uh, type 1.5 is legacy, and type 1.x was extended, which is not a format anymore. Yep. So piece of trivia for you guys. All right. So this tournament, uh, first prize of this tournament was a Mox Diamond. Ooh, Mox Diamond. Mox okay. Diamond. Second place, Curse Scroll. Now, interesting for me, I had no idea what these cards even were. Never knew what these cards were. My decks were just like packs I opened, and that, that was it. Those were my decks. But anyway, I did prepare for this tournament. I built a deck out of my cards. It was a green stompy deck. Uh, didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I mean, I, I thought I was good because like I won all my games at my school. But as it turned out, real magic was like, you know, much harder. Uh, so round one, I got paired against a high school friend and, and I, I won, you know, no big deal. He was just a high school friend. But then I played against a real player and I pretty much got destroyed. And the cards that I lost to, I talked about in part one, so you can go listen to that. <laughs> it involved Crater Hellion. Uh, so I, I was eliminated from That was the your first tournament? That was my first tournament. Oh, wow, Before that's that, a... I only played casual. And you went back after that tournament? I and, did. Uh... I went back. I, it was It was still like, like I, I really like competitive games. Like, if I could, I would have played competitive, like, Tetris or something. You know, like, I only played video games before that, but when, once I found out that uh, there were magic tournaments, I was like, well, this is exactly what I want to do. I also used to play competitive sports, so I'm just very competitive. So, so that was my first tournament. I'm trying to remember. So my first tournament, um, the problem with early magic, because I, I started super early, was there wasn't any sort of structured thing, and that you would go places, you would beat people, and you kind of did pick up games. But the first tournament I remember was... I saw a flyer at UCLA. I lived in Los Angeles at the time. Um, and so UCLA, I lived, uh, it was in Westwoods, which I lived near. And I saw a flyer because the game store that I bought Magic at was in was in Westwood near UCLA. And there was a tournament. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to a tournament. So I sit down with my first opponent, opponent, and he brings out his deck, which I'm not exaggerating, was a foot high. It must have been every card he owned, I, or it seems like every card he owned. And he called it his Leviathan deck. And so I asked him, oh, is that because it's so big? He goes, no, 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 I have a Leviathan. Oh, my God. So a Leviathan, uh, it, it, what, about eight man or something? It, it, it's a really expensive creature that costs a lot of mana to get out, and it's a... Uh, it, like, enters the battlefield tapped, and you have to sacrifice two islands to untap it. Yes. And it doesn't untap ever. You just always have to sacrifice two islands to untap it. Right. Something like that. So, I mean, it's this giant creature. I, I, I don't remember how big exactly. 10, 10, 11, 11, something. It's this giant creature. It has this really restrictive cost. And it's really expensive. So, this guy is playing a deck a foot high that has all Leviathan in it. He gets it out and beats me with oh it. Oh, my God. Come on. <laughs> And I'm like, I remember when he brought this deck, I was like, okay, I can beat this guy. He's, he's got a foot-high deck. I go, you know, I have a, I have a, a, a lean, mean, you know, tuned deck. Uh, and I, I lost it a little bit. I, I for sure lost the first game. Um, but I remember losing to the Leviathan. That's all I remember that whole match is I lost to the Leviathan. And it, his, his Leviathan deck with one Leviathan in it. Um, but that was my first tournament. I think I actually did pretty well at the tournament. Um... Maybe I won that match. I, don't, I actually don't remember. But I remember doing pretty well at the tournament in that. Um, 
I felt pretty confident. Like I, I had, I had played a lot, sort of against. I, I hadn't really been to a tournament before, and it was early enough in Magic that like just having a little bit of expertise was a lot back then. Okay, what's the next? All right, first set you drafted. Okay, so for me, so after that first tournament, I um, ended up finding a Magic store that I would go to every week to play Standard. It was called Type 2 back then, but, you know. Um, so it was every Saturday. There was no FNM back then either. It was just, you know, Saturday Type 2. So I went to this tournament every week and played Standard. And then after the tournament, all of the good players at the store would stick around and draft. Um, and I didn't really know what drafting was or anything, but... Uh, Did they like, booster draft or they rush draft? They booster drafted. Okay. So... Um, like, eventually I started, like, you know, getting to know the players at the store, and they're like, oh, you should come by and you should stay one night and draft with us. And I was like, alright, well, you know, sure, I'll see what it's like. So the first night, I just watched. And then uh, the next week, I ended up staying and I actually did a draft. Uh, so the format was Urza's Saga, uh, full block. So Urza's Saga, Legacy, and Destiny. Okay. Um, so at first I just watched. So, like, we had this player, he was the best player in our entire state. His name was Chris Stegnick. I don't think he went on to do anything, like, in, in the Magic world. He was just a good player from our state. And I watched him do a draft, and I remember he drafted a, a white deck with uh, Jasmine Seer. It was, a, it's like a 2-2 creature for 4 mana. You pay, like, 4 mana and tap it, reveal white cards from your hand, and gain that much life. So every turn he would be gaining, like, 10 life. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I was starting to, like, you know, figure out what people were doing while they drafted. Then I finally tried drafting myself. I drafted a terrible deck. It probably didn't have creatures in it. It played all the cards. I played, like, you know, main deck Fog, main deck Enchantment Removal. They all had cycling, so it was okay. But I didn't know that at the time. And I probably didn't win, but um, eventually I would, like, go on to actually learn how to draft. So I would say the first set that I actually drafted where I actually knew what I was doing and I knew to draft like a mana curve and that creatures and removal are good and don't play fog like that kind of thing that would be Mercadian mess and I would I drafted that set quite a bit actually okay so my first draft actually it's an interesting story um I got flown to Toronto by Wizards of the Coast to uh they were having the very first pre-release ever which was for Ice Age um and I got flown as a member of the the duelist to write the article about it um, and I had asked to, I was asked to play in the event so I could write an article about from the perspective of being in the first pre-release. And then there was a cut to day two, which was top 32, and I made the cut to day two, and I was asked to drop out because they didn't want me doing well since they had flown me there. Um, David Humphreys, by the way, would go on to win that event. I actually um, listened to a podcast that you did. Oh, that, well, yes. That, yeah. So anyway, after hours, after we were done, um, I was hanging around with some of the staff because... I, I, I was, you know, I, I was pseudo-staff, um, and they, they were going to draft Ice Age, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Because uh, the early magic, drafting was something that we really didn't start pushing until the Pro Tour. Uh, in fact, there's, there's interesting stories about the very first Pro Tour was limited, which was uh, PTLA, so the PT New York was the very first Pro Tour, PT Los Angeles was the second Pro Tour, uh, and that was the first time we had introduced kind of push drafting in any way, and um, most of the Europeans, in Europe, they weren't drafting at all, so they didn't really know much about drafting, and the Americans, had, we, we had pushed it a little bit, so the Americans had a little more knowledge of it, but uh, 
anyway, this is back in Ice Age. This is long before that, or a year, year or two before that. And uh, so I drafted with Ice Age, but the brand new set I, I had only played in the pre-release, uh, and I drafted with with employee the R and D people and stuff. And uh, I had a blast. I, I'm sure I did horrible, um, just because I never ever drafted before. Uh, but anyway, that that was my first draft was drafting Ice Age. Right. What's the next one? Next one, first Grand Prix that you attended. Okay. okay, so mine was a local Grand Prix. It was Grand Prix Boston 2001. Um, so Grand Prix were much different back then than they are today. Like today, they can be 2,000 players. They're a very long nine rounds. Um, this was not like that. Okay, so this was a, it was a larger Grand Prix at the time. There were probably about between three and 400 players that was like record breaking at the time and um, instead of like like X and 2 making the cut to day 2 this was a top 64 would make the cut to day 2 so what that would mean is the pro players had 3 buys um, and generally if you had 3 buys and you went 6 and 2 in the tournament you would make day 2 if you went 6 and 2 and you didn't have any buys it was all about tiebreakers so my first Grand Prix I at the time I had played in like you know plenty of PTQs, so I was like I knew what I was doing. The format was Invasion and Plane Ships Limited, okay. so like I I had a pretty decent deck. Uh, I was I went I had no buys. I went six and one. Great. So at six and one, if I intentionally draw the final round, I automatically make day two. But if I lose, I don't make day two at six and two because I don't have any buys, so my tiebreakers are likely not good enough. Okay. So my plan going into this last round was to ask my opponent to draw with me. So. But they're also six and one, right? Yeah. So they, but if they draw, they automatically day two. Right. If they win, like they're in a very good position for day two. If they lose, it depends. If, if they have three buys, right, they make day two. So my opponent is none other than. Hall of Famer Darwin Castle. Oh, Darwin. Okay. Yeah. So I, I knew who he was because like I, he was one of the best players at the time, and I had a feeling that he was not going to draw with me because if he draws with me, it doesn't really help him. If he beats me, he's in a great position. If he loses, he makes day two anyway because he has three buys. Right. So anyway, uh, we play. Long story short, I don't win, so uh, I don't make day two, and he goes on to make day two. But a really cool thing happened. Back then, there was this prize called the Amateur Prize. And this prize was awarded to the top players who didn't have any pro points, never played on the Pro Tour. And I fell into that category, so I ended up winning the Amateur Prize, which was probably about 250 bucks. So That's even cool. though I didn't make day two, I still made money at the tournament, and I was able to play in the PTQ the next day. So it was a pretty cool experience for my first Grand Prix. That's cool. So, the, the first Grand Prix I was supposed to attend, or first thing that I attended that was supposed to be a Grand Prix, was uh, Hong Kong. The event that the very first Magic Invitational, then called the Duelist Invitational, was held at, was supposed to be the very first Grand Prix ever. Um, and, in fact, the reason the Invitational was there was we realized we couldn't get the Grand Prix started quick enough, and they wanted some high-profile thing there, and so they asked us to move the... The invitation was originally going to be in San Diego, and they asked us to move it to, to um, Hong Kong, which I said yes to. Um, so I think the actual first Grand Prix was in Amsterdam, if I remember correctly. 
and I was not at that, but I was at the next Grand Prix, I believe, which was in Tokyo, Japan. And so the first Grand Prix I ever went to was in Tokyo. That's uh, pretty far. And I've written, I've written about this. That, that's, I think that's my first time in Japan. I've been to Japan a bunch of times, um, thanks to the Pro Tour and stuff. Um, and this was the, I think I've, I've written about this in my articles. This was the one where I did a draft where they, they did this thing with draft with Wizards people. And so I did a draft and I opened up something. I forget what I opened up. I got past a, a, a fireball. And I'm like, oh, what, what did they open? Did they pass me a fireball? They opened like a singer vampire? Like, what did they open? They passed me a fireball. And then the next card I get passed is a lightning bolt. And then the next card I get passed is a fireball. And I'm like, oh, they've never drafted before. <laughs> so I had seven people that had never drafted before. I made the craziest, craziest burn deck you've ever seen. Uh, not only was I undefeated, I didn't lose a game. Um... But anyway, it was, it was, uh, so that was the first, my first Grand Prix was in Japan, so that was pretty cool. Okay, what's the next question? All right, first Pro Tour that you attended. Should I say the first Pro Tour I attended as a player, or uh, just Do both. So what's the first one you went to, and first one you played in? Okay, so the first one that I went to, I was not qualified, of course, it was, uh, Pro Tour New York. Which uh, one? I think it was, like, yeah, all right, all right, it was definitely 2001, because it happened right before 9-11. It was September of 2011. All right. Most people don't know, by the way, is that the grant there's a there's a pro tour in New York that ended September uh, 9th, I think. Yeah. And then it's like I flew out on the 10th. Yep. Yeah. Um, I didn't fly this one because this was like somewhat local for me. It was a three-hour drive for me, so I just went there uh, because like I heard that there are cool side events. You know, there are like. Uh, Did John know, win that one? I believe this was teams. Oh, it was teams. I think. Your teams. Who, who won? I don't remember. I wasn't really paying much attention to the pro tour. I only went up just the one day. I went up on Saturday. Because the first back. team event was in DC, Washington DC. It was won by uh, you know, Games. Uh, yeah, I honestly I don't remember. Uh, but it was definitely teams because I okay. I remember I had a bunch of friends who were playing. So anyway, I just went up for the day and I just went to go play in some side events. And oh oh I know who won. Uh, won. Phoenix Foundation won. Okay. Yep. I, I kind of, I. Vaguely remember. Uh, Phoenix Foundation was Kai, Kai Buda, Marco Bloom, and Dirk Babarowski. Uh, three really, really good German players, obviously. Yep. yep. Two of which are in the Hall of Fame, so. Okay, so I, I just went to this uh, Pro Tour to, uh, like like I said, I, I played in some side events. Um, it was pretty fun. I also uh, randomly, out of the blue, decided to take the level one judge test. Now, back then, judging was a little bit different. They'll just give the judge test to anyone. You want to be a judge? Sure. Here's a piece of paper and a pen. Take this test. If you pass, you become a judge. Why not? So, like, I just thought it would be cool to be a judge. I didn't really want to be a judge at the time. So I took the test. I didn't pass it. I didn't really, like, study or anything. I just, like, took it randomly. Um, a year or so later, I would go on to take the test and pass it and be a judge for the next, like, more than 10 years. But at the time, I wasn't ready to be a judge. But it was still, like pretty interesting that like you could just take the test out of nowhere there was just a guy apparently he was a judge and he was just like you know giving out tests to people to anyone who walked up there but anyway um that's pretty much it for the first pro tour that i attended okay what's first pro tour you played in okay so first how did i get there i won a ptq this was in 2002 december 2002 with the ptq and uh it was extended format and the deck that I played was an Oath of Druids deck with Cognivore okay so basically the green idea blue, is green uh, blue deck green blue deck yeah, yeah. just green blue 
the idea is you play Oath of Druids, your opponent has a creature, you mill a bunch of stuff into your graveyard, eventually you hit a Cognivore, and he's like likely pretty big because you just milled a bunch of stuff, and you just win with like an 18-18 Cognivore. So I won that tournament, um, and the Pro Tour that I qualified for was Pro Tour Venice, which was uh, Onslaught Block Constructed. Um, and that that was uh, like, you know, a couple months later, uh, 2003. Oh, that was a fun Pro Tour. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, like, it, it's a it's a great first pro tour because, like, like for me, it was my first time um, going overseas. Um, oh, what? Wow. Venice was your first time overseas? Yeah. That's cool. Yep. I mean, it was, like, 12 years ago. But, yeah, like, it was my first time overseas. Like, I got my first passport and everything because back then you didn't need a passport to, like, go to Canada and stuff. So it was my first time getting a passport. Um, I worked with the team Your Move Games because they were local to me. So, you know, people like Darwin Castle, Dave Humphreys, Rob Doherty, Justin Gary, uh, the Gwevin brothers, uh, Tom and Peter, who were, like, you know, the best players at the time. Uh, Tom actually, like, made the finals of a Pro Tour, like, very well-known player back then. Yeah, no he made second Pro Tour, PTLA, the very second yeah, Pro Tour. no one finals. knows who he is now. But yeah. anyway, that was the team that I tested oh, with. I, I love putting him on feature matches. He's awesome in feature matches. I put Tom on feature matches all the time. Yeah, he's, he's a very entertaining person. Like... If you ever go out to dinner with him, like he, oh, he's the biggest troll to like to the server. It's like hilarious. But anyway, so I tested with uh, Team Your Move. Uh, we uh, most of the team played this Beast Bidding deck, which uh, it was uh, like a deck that played a lot of beasts that had cycling. So you would cycle all of your beasts into the graveyard and then play the card Patriarch's Bidding, which is name a creature type and. Um, all the creatures of that type come back to play for both you and your opponents. Like, you're, if your opponent's playing goblins, he can name goblins or something. So you get all the beasts back and all the goblins. So so that, that was our deck. It wasn't a great deck. Uh, like, I didn't personally do very well with it, but one funny story that I have from it is actually Dave Humphreys. So, Dave Humphreys is one of the slowest players ever. <laughs> and, like, we uh, like to uh, troll him a lot in, uh, in R&D for being so slow. He's, he's pretty slow. Like, when, when we uh, play test with him, he's, like, one of the slowest players. But his, like, story about how he's not slow is that the only slow play warning that he ever received was at this tournament, Pro Tour Venice. And it was uh, while he was resolving the card Read the Runes. Read the Runes is, uh, like, a pretty hard-to-resolve magic card. It costs X and a blue, and it's draw X cards... And then either discard X or sacrifice X permanence, any combination of that. So if you play it for like five, you can draw five cards and you can either, you can like discard two and sacrifice three or whatever you want. But anyway, I remember I was watching him play because like, you know, he's one of the best players in the world. I wanted to become a better player. So I wanted to, uh, you know, watch him play and learn from him. And I knew he was a slow player, but like, whatever, I was watching him anyway. So he's resolving this read the rooms. And he's just taking forever. And it was like watching paint dry. And I was just like, I, maybe I like was talking to my friend or something, and then I would go back and watch the match. I was like, wow, he is still resolving this read the runes, you know? <laughs> and then like, I would go and do something else, like walk away and come back. And it's like, wow, he is still resolving this read the runes. And I guess finally he got a slow play warning for it and resolved the read the runes. But yeah, that, that's my story from that event. So my first Pro Tour I attended, uh, I did a whole podcast on this, uh, was the very first Pro Tour, which was in New York. Uh, it was in uh, 1996, I think in January or February 1996. And so um, 
I've, I've talked about this podcast, but anyway, it was the very first portrait we ever had, and uh, I actually did commentary there, and I shot video. We made a video of it, and anyway, uh, I think I've done a whole podcast just on the first Pro Tour. So if you want to hear more, I've, I've done the whole podcast. But we just pulled into my driveway. Yes, so we, did. Uh, we got through the list, though. Yep, that was all the, last the first. One. That was our la- That was the last of the first. So anyway, I want to. Uh, Thank you, Melissa. This was fun. Thank you. And uh, sharing all our first. This was this was pretty cool. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed our podcast. And um, I pulled in the driveway, so you know what that means means my day's done, uh, and it's time for me to go get some dinner. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for joining me, Melissa. Thanks and uh, me. we'll see you guys next time. So uh, I guess I'm done talking magic and ready to go eat dinner. Yep. Eat so dinner. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. Bye bye.